Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. In a chilling echo from the past, the words, I keep on hearing the police have caught me, but they won't fix me just yet. I have laughed when they look so clever and talk about being on the right track. How can they catch me now? I love my work and want to start again. You will soon hear of me with my funny little games. Reverberate through the fog-laden streets. These were excerpted from a ghastly letter believed to be penned by the male volant phantom known as Jack the Ripper. As the whisper of the word Victorian floats through the cold air, myriad images flutter through one's mind. Some envision delicate laces, gloves and fans fluttering in the gentle breeze of bygone elegance. Others perceive tight corsets clasping onto even tighter morals. Yet, a few, perhaps haunted by one too many British ghost tales, envisage a realm of gentle elegance, juxtaposed with lurking shadows. Seldom do minds wander to the horrific tableau of mutilated corpses drawn across darkened streets or forsaken boudoirs. Yet, these ghastly images are forever intertwined with the latter Victorian era. In the haunting years of 1888 and 1889, a sinister spectre roamed the dark alleyways of London's notorious Whitechapel district, hunting young women before butchering them with a butcher's malevolent glee. The first cry of murder was largely dismissed into the abyss because the victim was a fallen woman, scarcely worthy of a second glance by the police. Yet, as the phantom's blade danced again, and the public's eyes were forced to open by the time the third victim was discovered, mutilated and filleted like a grotesque catch of the day, the city's heart pounded in fear. The thought 
of a relentless killer on the loose, possibly lurking in the quaint suburbs, sent shivers down every spine. The ensuing terror rippled across continents, yet as abruptly as the nightmare commenced, it vanished into the thick fog. Though history has seen its share of cold-blooded killers, none have lingered in the collective memory quite like the sinister tale of Jack the Ripper. His reign of terror arrived at a time when the bargaining media could disseminate the horror far and wide, laying bare the strengths and weaknesses of police force. The crude forensics of the era left the detectives grasping at shadows, and while the extensive police files fluttered with countless names, the true identity of the killer remained shrouded in mystery, perhaps whisked away by the ghostly hand of the Ripper himself. The ghastly lore of Jack the Ripper continued to enchant and horrify, bursting a cabal of Ripperologists dedicated to unearthing the phantom that once haunted the cobbled streets of Whitechapel. A chilling reminder of the male volan spectre that once roamed among us. The human psyche is tormented by unfinished tales. The unresolved enigma of the Ripper's identity remains a haunting spectre haunting every dark alley of our minds. The list of suspects is a ghastly parade of faces from every echelon of society. Royalty, knights, lawmen, medics, even the whispered notion of a lady ripper. As the night descends upon the Victorian streets, the endless list of suspects continue to haunt the minds of those who dare to delve into the abyss of the unknown. The cloak of mystery surrounding the suspects is a tale of dread unto itself. The first cater of suspects eyed by the police of the era were those with a morbid knowledge of the blade, yet none were brought before the hammer of justice. A second eerie ensemble emerged from the whispers of the populace and the press, yet these sinister figures eluded the grasp of the law. Lastly, a ghostly gallery of accused emerged from the pages of modern conjecture, veiled in tales of royal conspiracies and shadowy cover-ups. As the moon casts long shadows upon the streets of Whitechapel, the tale of Jack the Ripper remains an eerie enigma, a haunting refrain in the cold, eerie night of Victorian lore. And with that, welcome, dear listeners, to a chilling new episode of London Ask and Answered. As the veil between worlds grows thinner with the approach of Halloween, I delve into a tale that has gripped the heart of London in icy fear for over a century. Today, I unmask the shadows of the past in my first installment of a haunting exploration of Jack the Ripper. So, gather around the flickering candlelight, dear listeners, as we venture through the cobbled streets of Whitechapel into the heart of darkness that is the legacy of Jack the Ripper. Unravel with me the mysteries shrouded in the murky fogs of yesteryear in a tale that continues to haunt the soul of London. Let the echoes of the past chill your spine as we unveil the grim tapestry of fear, mystery and macabre, fascination that is Jack the Ripper. Hold tight, for this eerie voyage is only the beginning, and the shadows of the Ripper's blade are long and chilling. 
Welcome to London Ask and Answered, Jack the Ripper, Part 1. In the sinister lore of serial slaughterers, the shrouded figures who dance in the shadows of death often cast a long, enigmatic veil over the tales of their ghastly deeds. Amidst the hallowed echelons of history darkly famed, none lurk as ominously as the phantom known as Jack the Ripper. Yet as the cold mist of time veils the bloodstained cobblestones of Whitechapel, the ghoul's first victim remains an eerie whisper amidst the somber direct of the lost. Emma Smith, a lady of the night, veiled in the sorrows of the East End, was the first soul to be swept into the chilling narrative of the Whitechapel murders. On a cold dawn of April 4, 1888, as the ghostly veil of night lifted, she stumbled through the veil of shadows that clung to her dwelling. Her tale, a grim sonnet of pain, told of a savage gang who had left her beaten and torn. Mary Russell and Annie Lee, her companions in sorrow, rushed her to the cold halls of London Hospital, where Dr. George Heslip listened to the mournful tale. Yet, the cold hand of death swept her into internal slumber as her lifeblood ebbed away in the abyss, leaving behind naught but a cold, lingering silence. The somber tale of Emma Smith stirred not the waters of public outcry, for such grim fates were all too common for the forgotten souls of the East End. Yet the cold fingers of death played on, an eerie prelude to the dance of the Ripper. As the sun cast long shadows on the morning of August 7, 1888, the cold light of dawn unveiled the mutilated remains of Martha Tabram. Her life, a sorrowful ballad of lost love and bitter nights, had led her through the veil of despair into the cold embrace of death. Witnesses, their eyes haunted by the grim tableau, spoke of a shadowed figure leading her into the alleyways of doom as the clock told midnight. As the veil of darkness lifted, her lifeless form lay cold amidst the cobblestone a ghastly spectacle of death's cruel jest. Today, as the cold winds of time sweep through the ghostly streets of Whitechapel, scholars sift through the ashes of the past, seeking the phantom's first victim amidst the shadows of the forgotten. The Ripper's ghastly dance, they muse, evolved with each cruel stroke of his blade, a sinister choreography etched in blood upon the stage of death. Walter Dew, a spectral figure amidst the cast of the damned, gazed into the abyss and saw the phantom's cold eyes staring back through the veil of time, whispering the names of Emma Smith and Martha Tabram into the chilling winds of eternity. In the midst of a sinister chapter of London's lore, there existed five souls whose demise every scholar of dread agrees were the work of the notorious Ripper. The maiden of these unfortunate souls was Mary Ann Nichols, whose breath was stolen under the cloak of darkness on August 31st, shortly after the demise of Tabram. The scars she bore were eerie enough to differentiate them from the preceding Whitechapel horrors. 
leading the coroner to a grim conclusion that her end was a tale separate from those of Smith and Tebram, courtesy of a chilling change in the instrument of death. Mary Ann Nichols met her fate swiftly with a brutal gash across her throat, followed by a gruesome dissection of her abdomen, with the blade sought to span six to eight inches of cold steel. In truth, her heart ceased to beat so promptly that the further incisions made by the Ripper scarcely allowed the blood to escape. Leveling grimly observed the blood at the scene to be about enough to fill two large wine glasses, or half a pint at the most. The scarcity of blood led a few to speculate. The hollow ground where her body lay was not her final battleground. Yet a coagulate pool of blood nestled beneath her remains hinted at a terrifying reality. She had been slain there and the ghastly mutilation that would soon be synonymous with the Jack the Ripper commenced on the very spot. Like a phantom train barreling into the abyss, the Ripper's male volunteers escalated as the last whispers of August were swallowed by the gloom of September. On the morrow of Saturday, September 8, merely a week after the cruel fate of Nichols, another corpse emerged from the shadows. Young James Kent, about 20 winters old, recounted the hair-raising revelation at the ensuing inquest, uttering, James Green and I approached 29 Henbury Street, and upon venturing through the passage, perched atop the back door steps, I beheld a damsel lying in the yard, betwixt the steps and the partition dividing the yard from the next. Her cranium lay near the abode, yet no part of her vessel touched the wall. Her extremities stretched towards the rear of Bailey's grounds. The maiden's garments were in disarray. Her apron tossed aside. I dared not to descend the steps, but retreated, returning only upon Inspector Chandler's arrival. It was clear the maiden had been spirited away. Around her throat a blood-soaked handkerchief clung, her visage and mid-stained with the life essence, bearing testimony to a desperate struggle. She seemed to have been lain on her back, her midst striving to fend off the cruel cold embrace, now bound towards her throat. Her limbs were splayed white, the markings of blood upon them. Her innards had emerged, strewn across her left flank. I fetched a piece of canvas from the shop to veal the corpse. And by then, a heart had congregated with Inspector Chandler, was in position of the yard. Profilers immersed in the abyss of the criminal deranged often unveil a sinister pattern, a relentless escalation in the grotesqueness of their deeds until the cold grasp of justice holds their dark journey. Though he evaded the clutches of the law, Jack the Ripper seemingly danced to this macabre tune. His dark endeavors may have been further fueled by the growing infatuation of the masses with the unsolved atrocities. On a chilling September 27, the Central News Agency was graced by a letter from a phantom, an anonymous scribe claiming to be the harbinger of death. 
delivered to the hands of the law on September 29th, the letter bore the sinister address The Boss, Central News Office London City, and unveiled the eerie musings of a male-volant mind. Dear Boss, I keep on hearing the police have caught me, but they won't fix me just yet. I have laughed as they play the fool, believing they are hot on my trail. The tale about leather apron nearly split my sides. I loathe the harlots and shan cease ripping through their flesh till I'm shackled. The last endeavor was a masterpiece. The lady had not a moment to screech. How might they snare me now? I revel in my sinister deeds and yearn for the next. You soon hear of my ghastly games. I preserved some of the rich red nectar in a ginger beer bottle from the last act, aiming to pen this note, but it sickened like gore and proved useless. Red ink shall suffice, I hope, ha <laughs> ha. The next scene I craft, I'll sever the ladies' ears and gift them to the constables, just for a devilish chuckle. Wouldn't you? Conceal this letter till I craft more terror then unveil it to the world. My blade yearns for the touch of flesh, so fine and keen. I ache to resume my dark artistry at the earliest wheel of night. Good luck. Yours in death, Jack the Ripper. Forgive my coining the trade name. P.S. Had to rid the red stains from my grasp before sending this dark missive. Damn the luck. They whisper, I'm a surgeon now. <laughs> Authorities had grown accustomed to the eerie whispers of deception through letters from gestures and those craving a flicker in the ghastly spotlight of infamy. Thus, the initial arrival of the chilling note was cast into the shadow of doubt as a mere hoax. The whispers of the leather apron killer were already threading through the vines of public fear via newspapers. So the title wasn't unfamiliar to the haunted readers. However, as the shroud of night fell after the letters could touch graced the hands of the police, Jack the Ripper emerged from the abyss. His sinister blade danced in a manner that seemed to eerily corroborate the ghastly promise inked in the letter. The sinister dance not only thrust the dear boss letter into a storm of widespread horror, but also branded the phantom as Jack the Ripper in the veins of time. Indeed, the gloom-ridden early morning hours of Sunday, September 30, 1888 unfolded the most blood-curdling chapter of the Ripper's sinister saga. The first soul to be swept into the cold arms of death was Elizabeth Stride, whose lifeless vessel was discovered just after the witching hour near the omnibus gates of the International Worksmen's Club. Dr. Frederick Blackwell's chilling observation painted a grim tableau. The deceased lay still on her left side, angled across the sinister passage, her face hauntingly gazing towards the right wall. Her legs curled up as if cradling the cold wind. Her head rested beyond the carriage wheel rut. The life force in her neck sprawled over the rut. Ironically, 
The ripper's haste, or perhaps a fleeting trace of mercy, left Stride's body less melt, paving the way for another dance of death merely an hour later. As the cold blood of Stride barely had time to chill on the hands of the law, another haunting call echoed through the midst, leading them to the lifeless form of Catherine Eddowes. Policeman Edwards Watkins discovered in Mitre Square unfurled a scene of grotesque horror. The woman lay on her back, the garments thrown aside revealing the grotesque mockery of death. Throat slashed, stomach ruthlessly ripped open, cradled in a pool of her own blood. The nefarious descent into an abyss of mutilation, each act seemingly striving to outdo the previous, set a new pinnacle of horror with the demise of Eddowes. Dr. Brown, whose eyes bore witness to the grim aftermath, provided a ghastly narrative. The body lay still, the grotesque mutilation of the face, the cold cuts across every remnant of humanity left on her visage, bore the haunting mark of the Ripper, the throat a gaping abyss from a savage incision silenced her cries into the cold night forever. Police physician Thomas Bond's grim claim that the mutilation was the handiwork of a savage with no trace of scientific or anatomical knowledge sent shivers down the spine of reason. Yet the eerie similarity in the method of mutilation between Eddowes and Chapman's cold forms whispered the name Jack the Ripper through the dark alleys of Whitechapel. The chilling reality that part of Eddowes' right ear had been severed was a grotesque echo of the ghastly promise inked in the dear boss letter. A ghostly whisper that the writer and the killer were one. A shadow that would haunt the heart of London. Amid the echoing silence that followed the night of horror, a ghastly whisper arrived in the form of ink and parchment. The sinister, saucy Jackie postcard emerged from the void, postmarked on October 1st, the day when the shadows of the double murder still lingered in the cold morning air. It read, I was not cutting sick, dear old boss, when I gave you the tip. You'll hear about Saucy Jackie's work tomorrow. Double event, this time number one squealed a bit, couldn't finish straight off. Had not got time to get ears off for police. Thanks for keeping last letter back till I got to work again. Jack the Ripper. The spectral missive came when the echoes of the double event had barely ceased. Yet its authenticity bore a goodish mark, notably the eerie emphasis of the ears, much aching to the dear boss letter, and the cursed signature of Jack the Ripper, a name that now crawled through the veins of terror-stricken Londoners. The ghastly trail intertwined with whispers of deceit, as many yearn for a sliver of dark fame under the ominous veil of the Ripper's tail. Over four decades later, the ghosts of those eerie nights resurfaced as journalist Fred Best claimed authorship of the sinister letters to keep the business alive. Yet the true essence of dread lay within the real truth that lurked behind the crimson ink. A truth that vanished with the disappearance of the saucy Jackie postcard into the abyss of forgotten files. 
The cold breeze of death lingered as the Ripper claimed his next victim, Mary Jane Kelly, whose soul was severed in the haunted chambers of her dwelling on November 9th. Her fate bore a chilling distinction. She was significantly younger and her body bore the terrifying mark of the Ripper's blade. Now unleashed in a gruesome spectacle of mutilation, perhaps emboldened by the solitude of the indoor abyss. The spectral veil of consensus shrouds the names of Nichols, Chapman, Stride, Eddowes and Kelly as the cursed souls touched by the Ripper's blade. Yet, As the nights grew colder, the tale of blood continued to haunt the cobblestone streets of Whitechapel. Rose Millet, found lifeless in December 1888, bore no mark of the Ripper's blade, yet the shadow of dread lingered. Was it a sinister pause or another predator echoing the Ripper's grim tune? As the embers of terror slowly dimmed, the silence of the night was once again shattered by the ghastly discovery of Alice Mackenzie's lifeless form in Castle Alley on July 17th. The haunting echoes of the Ripper's blade seemed to reverberate through the wounds that bled out her life, yet the grim dance of death had changed its tune, leaving behind a grotesque yet less savage tableau. The twisted tale of Jack the Ripper left a ghastly trail of unsolved mysteries and an unending chill that continued to haunt the dark alleys of Whitechapel. Every whisper of the blade, every shadow that danced on the cobblestone streets bore the ghostly echo of the Ripper's grim lullaby. A lullaby that carried the chilling tales of the unknown, of the unspeakable horror that lurked within the heart of the abyss. The eerie silence that draped over the area was suddenly shattered a few months later when a ghastly discovery was made. This time, the cold hands of death left behind a chilling enigma as only a female torso was unveiled, concealed under the ominous shadows of a railway arc on Pinching Street. Though the whispers of the night seemed to murmur the ghastly name of Jack the Ripper, One could not leap to such sinister conclusions with certitude. The Phantom of the Ripper lingered over London like a dark shroud, its cold breath never truly leaving the haunted streets of Whitechapel. Yet one mustn't forget the abyss harbored other twisted souls, vying perhaps for the same grotesque infamy. Days after the morbid ballet of death danced around the lifeless bodies, of Eddowes and Stride, another macabre scene unfolded in the heart of law and order. The basement of the new Metropolitan Police Headquarters in Whitehall cradled a headless torso of a woman. The dark pattern of mutilation mirrored the eerie scene at Pinching Street. Yet the cold hands of justice hesitated to tie the grim strings to the Ripper's blade. The wicked dance of death seemed to have shifted its tune, beckoning the whispers of a new moniker, the Torso Killer. As the ghostly hands of time drifted over the land, another life was severed under the sinister veil of the night. Six months later, the cold stones of the railway arc once again cradled death in its shadow. Francis Coles, a soul of merely 30 winters, 
was claimed by the abyss. Her life, a tale of sorrow intertwined with the shadows of the night, seemed to echo the grim fate of those before her. Yet apart from the haunted grounds that held her lifeless form and her profession, the twisted thread of the Ripper's tale barely graced her fate. With each setting sun, the dread of the Ripper's return sent shivers down the spines of Whitechapel. The ghostly echoes of his blade seemed to haunt every shadow, every whisper of death that graced the cursed lens. And while the veil of the time cast a long shadow over the Ripper's ghastly tale, the cold winds of dread continued to whisper his name with every morbid discovery. The veil of mystery shrouded the Ripper's grim tale well into the bitter end of the murder series in 1892. The chilling echoes slowly faded into the abyss as the police files gathered dust, sealing away the ghastly whisper of the Ripper's name in 1896. Yet the phantom of Jack the Ripper lingered, a ghostly whisper in the shadows, forever haunting the grim alleys of Whitechapel. As days morphed into a ghostly silence, the trail of terror seemed to momentarily halt, leaving a thick veil of unease hanging in the air. The police stood in the shadows, bewildered as the menacing whispers of newspapers began knitting tales of inefficiency around them. The public once more spectators now joined the haunting chorus, casting long shadows of doubt over those vowed to protect them. It was a harsh judgment cast upon souls who were dredging every dark corner to capture the essence of evil that lurked in the mists. With each passing tick of the clock, the desperate quest to solve the riddle of blood seemed to claw deeper into their bones. The police dragged into an unholy chase by the sinister dance of Jack the Ripper. Every stroke of his blade seemed to cut through the veil of normalcy, leaving in its wake a trail of questions that twisted and turned through the dark alleys of Whitechap like a restless specter. Amidst the haunting cries of the lost, other sinister acts clawed for attention. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The burden bore heavy on the souls one to protect, yet the dark abyss seemed to stretch infinitely, swallowing hopes of ever catching the phantom that lurked in the shadows. The eyes of history now gazed upon them, through the murky lens of unsolved mysteries. 
each victim's cry echoing through the void, carving the ghostly tale deeper into the narrow of Whitechapel. As the dark cloud of the Ripper's rain loomed over, the city seemed to be caught in a sinister web spun across the Atlantic, with tales of the haunting horrors whisked through the winds to the lands beyond. On a cold autumn day, the whispers of Whitechapel's ghostly tales found their way into the heartland of America, sending shivers down the spines of those reading the Atchison Daily Globe. The streets of London once veered in royal splendor, now whisper tales of a chilling enigma that danced in the shadows, eluding the grasp of justice with a ghostly smirk. The world watched with bated breath as the shadows played them sinister tune, casting a dark spell that left a chilling mark on the heart of civilization. Scotland Yard, a name once synonymous with a beacon of justice, now found itself veiled in a shroud of dark mysteries. The eerie dance of death seemed to have cast a long, sinister shadow that threatened to engulf the essence of law and order in a chilling embrace. The once revered detectives now found themselves chasing ghosts through a mist of fear that hung over London like a grim reminder of the evil that lurked within the heart of civilization. As the tale of Jack the Ripper twisted and turned through the dark passages of time, the haunting cries of Emma Smith seemed to echo through the fog, a chilling whisper that threatened to unravel the thin thread of sanity that held the realm of law and order together. Was she the first whisper of the ghostly tune that would soon play through the streets of Whitechapel? The grim dance of death had begun, its eerie tune sending a cold shiver through the spine of history, leaving behind a trail of blood that would forever haunt the soul of London. The wheel of time may have cast long shadows over the haunting tales of the Ripper, yet the chilling whisper of his blade continues to haunt the dark alleys of Whitechapel, an eerie melody the place through the mists of time, a ghostly reminder of the face of evil that once danced through the streets of London in its sinister walls of death. In this tale of darkness, every detail seeped with a cold, eerie dread that permeated the cobbled streets of Whitechapel. This woman, her flesh marred, had not been subjected to the soul-chilling malevolence that awaited the souls yet to fall under the Ripper's shadow. Unlike the eerie secrecy that shrouded the dark corners where the later victims were found, Osborne Street bore witness to the ghastly spectacle in the pale moonlight, a scene seemingly orchestrated by the hands of doom, as if the sinister figure sought a dark theater for his gruesome overture. As the grim tale unfolded, the dark alleys and foreboding courts bore silent witness to the swift dance of death that snatched the breath from the hapless victims entangled in the Ripper's dark web. Every scene bore the chilling signature of deliberation as if chosen by the sinister hand of fate itself. As the first, the Ripper's gloomy shadow had yet to cast a pall over the lawman's vigil. But as the sinister tale twisted through the nights, a sense of grim resolve hardened the hearts of the men of the law. 
Igniting a burning hunt under the ghostly moonlight. The streets now patrolled by vigilant souls bore a heavy burden of dread that lingered in the night. A stark contrast to the earlier indifference that shrouded the Osborne Street crime. The spectral imprint of the Ripper had cast a cold, eerie gloom over the grim tale of Emma Smith, whose lifeless visage bore the chilling hallmark of the monster's touch. While the cold echo of death whispered through the dark corners of Whitechapel, painting the streets with a spectral pall, the grim reality of Emma Smith's demise seemed entangled in a dark veil of mystery. The initial whispers that floated through the murky corridors of law hinted at a dark underbelly of blackmail that lurked in the shadows of Whitechapel. Yet, as a sinister tale twisted further into the abyss, the chilling reality of a spectral menace seemed to cast a grim shadow over the streets of Whitechapel. Emma's purse, a hollow echo of the cold reality she faced, bore a dark testimony to the grim's abyss that awaited the souls yet to cross the Ripper's path. The veiled figures of law, draped in a heavy cloak of responsibility, ventured into the murky abyss, seeking to unveil the spectral face of evil that lurked in the shadows. As the grim dance of death whispered through the narrow alleys, the cold chill of dread crept over the heart of Whitechapel, shrouding the streets in a ghostly silence. In a chilling dance with the shadows, Hundreds of souls were drawn into the grim theater, their lives entwined in a dark tapestry of fear and despair. Every dark corner seemed to echo with the grim melody of death that danced in the night, shrouded in a veil of eerie silence that hung heavily over the cold, stone streets of Whitechapel. As the sinister tale twisted further into the abyss, the chilling reality of a spectral menace seemed to cast a grim shadow over the streets of Whitechapel. The cold echo of the Ripper's blade seemed to resonate through the cold stone, whispering a chilling tale of doom that awaited the souls yet to be entwined in the grim dance of death. The grim reality of Martha Tabron's demise seemed to send a cold shiver through the spine of Whitechapel, a chilling prelude to the sinister ballet that awaited the heart of London. The dark tale of Martha Tabram, a grim echo of the chilling reality that loomed over Whitechapel, seemed to cast a cold, eerie pall over the streets. As the sinister figure of the Ripper lurked in the shadows, a sense of dread seemed to hang heavily over the heart of the civilization. The spectre of death seemed to dance through the streets, casting a grim shadow that threatened to engulf the heart of London in a chilling embrace. As the dark tale twisted, the cold, eerie dread that enveloped the streets seemed to cast along, chilling shadows that loomed over the heart of civilization, whispering a grim tale of the eerie reality that awaited the souls yet to be entwined in the sinister dance of death. As hopes clung to the eerie notion that they were on the grim path of truth, the whispers of a soldier's bayonet, an instrument capable of dealing death in such a gruesome manner, seemed to echo the same ghastly theory. Dew's conviction darkened 
With each passing hour, Chebrin's end was the devil's work. A sinister serial killer was painting Whitechapel red. The sinister schedule of death sent shivers down every spine. Emma Smith's last breath was stolen on Easter Monday. And as if mocking the living, the Ripper returned on an August bank holiday. Was it the eerie calm of holidays that beckoned the beast? The sinister linkage was hard to ignore. The blood-stained streets told tales of horror. As the August bank holiday, murder unfolded scarcely a hundred yards from where Emma drew her last breath. All signs pointed to the sinister handiwork of the Dread Ripper. The morning of September 1st brought with it a chill of fear that numbed Whitechapel. The lifeless body of Mary Ann Nichols seemed to scream the horrors that now lurked in every shadow. The streets were haunted with the dread of the madman on the loose. A chilling breeze of terror swept across every face. Constable John Neal, whose every sense was now a live wire, recounted the night's eerie silence that veiled the deathly blow dealt to Nichols. His tale was as cold as the dead of night, his words painting a ghastly picture of a ghost town awaiting the strike of death. The sole figure lying in the dark, the blood-curdling discovery under the dim street lamp, and the silence that swallowed the screams, every word dug a grave of fear deeper into the hearts of those who've listened. As the sinister plot sickened, each stroke of death brought with it a tale of eerie encounters and ghostly whispers. The inquest's heard Dr. Henry Levelin recounts the wounds with a clinical coldness, yet the sheer brutality of the cuts sent a chill down the spine. The details were nothing short of a horror tale, with each cut resembling the stroke of a grim reaper. The London Times on the morrow painted a haunting image of the night's terror. The words seemed to bleed the fear that had gripped Whitechapel. As the dark shadow of death loomed larger with each passing day, the desperate search for the phantom killer sent shivers across the city. The chilling account of Henry Birch, who recounted his encounter with a mysterious figure, seemed to bring the face of death closer yet so far. The eerie description of the man, his hurried demeanor, and the sinister gleam of the new overalls he donned, every detail was a ghostly whisper in the quest for the face of evil. The press may have turned a deaf ear to Birch's tale, but the haunting image of the man who vanished into the night was a ghost that haunted every mind. The Ripper's ghostly veil seemed to make a mockery of justice. His sinister presence was felt, yet unseen. His ghastly deeds sent ripples of horror through the heart of London. Yet the hand that dealt death vanished into the night, leaving behind nothing but a chilling tale of terror. The negligence in handling the blood-stained evidence only added to the eerie narrative it seemed as though a dark veil had been cast upon the city, blurring the face of truth. As the pace of death quickened, the hope for justice seemed to be buried deeper into the grave of fear. Each passing day was a sinister note in the haunting melody of death that now played through the streets of Whitechapel. 
The Tale of the Force Play Annie Chapman spun a chilling thread through the heart of Whitechapel. Her fate entwined with the sinister dance of death, choreographed by Jack the Ripper. Once a silhouette of respectability and domestic warmth, she now embodied the ghastly criteria that the demon in human guise sought in his victims. Her ill-fated step into the shadows on that cold September morning marked her final breath. The macabre mystery of the Annie Chapman saga hinted at a darker intent. Beyond the cold embrace of death, the hands of the grim reaper seemed to have grasped at the glint of breath that adorned her fingers. So merrily breath in the veil of night, they bore a deceptive glimmer of gold. The rings were wrenched from her lifeless fingers, a sinister whisper of robbery amidst the orchestrated carnage. Yet, the narrative of theft, set as an eerie outliner amidst the tale of gore that unfolded. The Ripper's dance of death bore no signature of thievery. His choice of destitute souls from the East End cast a long cold shadow over the notion of robbery. The day after the chilling act, the coupled streets echoed with the footsteps of inquiry. As I, amongst a tide of lawmen, delved into the abyss seeking whispers of truth among the frightened murmurs of foreign tongues. By the time death's cold hand claimed Annie Chapman, the sinister pattern that etched across the faces of the slain sent a shiver down the spine of the law. The modus operandi that painted the scene of death on September 8 mirrored the ghastly tale of Nichols. With the Phantom Killer's shadow looming larger, the inquest into Chapman's demise bore a heavier weight of dread. It ushered forth a shiver of witness testimonies, amongst them John Davis, whose words painted a haunting picture of the sinister theater that unfolded in the yard near his dwelling. His recounting of the eerie silence that veiled the night till the cold hands of death woof its grisly narrative sent a shiver through the courtroom. His tale of the doors that stood as silent witnesses to the grim entrance and exit of death, the eerie dawn that unveiled the horror that lay in the dark recess. Every word bore the cold breath of the unseen specter that now haunted the streets of Whitechapel. Inspector Joseph Chandler's words brought forth a chilling imagery of the grim tableau that was now a signature of the demon's deadly dance. The macabre scene of intestines resting on shoulders, of death lying parallel to the fence, bore a grim poetry of horror. The tale of discovery, then the eerie calm that hung around the yard as the grim tale was unveiled to the eyes of the law, bore a ghostly aura. Every piece of evidence, every whisper of the scene carried with it a dark, Cold echo of the unseen hand that dealt death under the cloak of night. In the gloomy dawn of forensics of the late 19th century, the scant trail of evidence left behind bore little promise of unmasking the phantom that now danced amidst the shadows of Whitechapel. The eerie calm that seemed to surround the scene the lack of struggle, the untouched palings of the yard, whispered a ghostly tale of a spectre that moved through the veil of night, 
leaving behind nothing but the cold, lifeless embrace of death. The haunting imagery of the face that stood unbroken, yet bore the whispers of a ghastly passage, resonated through the courtroom, leaving a cold shiver in its wake. The sinister ballet of Jack the Ripper bore no marks of earthly struggle. His spectral presence left behind naught but the grim silence of death that now hung over the heart of Whitechapel. Amidst the veil of gloom shrouding the streets, the constables felt a familiar chill, suspecting they were dealing with another random victim of the elusive specter that haunted the town. Yet the tendrils of doubt crept in, whispering of a deeper vendetta. The eerie testimony of Amelia Palmer, an acquaintance of Chapman, recounted its sinister altercation from the week before enveloping the courtroom in a cold shroud of foreboding. The haunting image of Chapman standing beneath the ghostly moonlight on Dorset Street, her face bearing the dark kiss of a bruise, unveiled the first whispers of a malicious grudge. A seemingly innocent tale of a book-selling woman and a mysterious figure known as Harry the Hawker unraveled a dark narrative of envy and hatred. As Amelia's tale moved through the cold morning air, the courtroom felt a sinister chill, as if the ghostly figure of the Ripper himself lingered in the shadows. The room shivered as Eliza Cooper recounted her own wicked dance with Chapman over a trifling piece of soap, a quarrel that escalated into a duel of furious slaps and striking fists. Her words painted a sinister picture of a tumultuous underworld rife with petty squabbles and vengeful strikes, where every face bore the mark of a forbidden secret. Timothy Donovan, the stern keeper of the boarding house, spoke of a mysterious pensioner, a phantom soldier lurking in the shadows, his identity veiled in enigma. Donovan's words resonated with the dark undertone, hinting at a forbidden rendezvous and whispered promises under the ghostly glow of the moon. As he recounted the last haunting words of Chapman, speaking of a spectral figure waiting at the top of the street, a cold hush fell over the courtroom. The eerie absence of, of the pensioner has ghostly figure disappearing into the wheel of night left a lingering sense of dread. The mysterious saga continued as Edward Stanley, entwined in the dark tale, recounted his murky memories of the days leading to the grim discovery. His elusive memory and haunty defiance cast a shadow of suspicion, yet his link to the haunting narrative seemed to vanish into the ether leaving behind nothing but whispers of ghostly accusations. The tale took a sinister twist as John Richardson emerged from the shadows, his story painting a grim picture of the early morning hours that veiled the cold truth. His eerie routine of checking the cellar in the ghostly silence, the chilling detail of the knife slicing through the leather, fanned shivers down the spines of those present. Yet his adamant denial of witnessing the ghastly scene, despite the chilling proximity, left a dark cloud of doubt. The cold whisper of the laser apron found in the depths of the cellar 
Its haunting presence a ghostly reminder of the grim tale. Echoed through the courtroom as Amelia Richardson's mother recounted her haunting discovery. The eerie stillness of the scene, the untouched pen of water standing as a silent witness to the cold. Sinister dance of death left a lasting chill as the courtroom delved deeper into the shadows, chasing the elusive specter that haunted the streets of Whitechapel. Inspector Joseph Chandler's eerie confirmation sent a shiver down the spines of those present. There lay a leather apron in the yard, soaked with the chilling waters of the night. It lay put two feet from the tap. Beside it, a barren box, once a haven of hop case maker's nails and a piece of cold flat steel, which Mrs. Richardson later identified as a spring from her son's leggings. They all lay in the sinister shadow of where the body had been. The apron and nail box, too, were claimed by Mrs. Richardson as her possessions. The yard bore the mark of the dark tails, with its rough stone paving in parts and bare cold earth in others. As the apron lay saturated in water, the minds of the officers raced with grim thoughts. Was it once soaked in blood? However, the abyss of evidence swallowed the speculation and Richardson was left untouched by the law. Yet the ghostly whispers of a leather apron resonated through the dark streets, soon to be personified in a character known as Leather Apron. A name worn by John Pfizer, a Polish Jew who found himself ensnared in the dark web of the inquiry surrounding Chapman's demise. His alibi, a narrative of a common night at the roundhouse, had an eerie brush with fate as he spoke of a distant fire, its reflection burning in his eyes. His night unraveled as he wandered through Holloway Road, its shadows whispering of the horrors that lurked in the heart of Whitechapel. But it was the sinister nickname that cast Pfizer into the chilling embrace of suspicion, eventually leading to his arrest by Detective Sergeant William Fike, who knew Pfizer as Leather Apron for many years. Yet the shadows concealed the truth, and Pfizer was released into the dark night, his name forever etched in the haunting tale of the Ripper's reign. The grim narrative painted by the newspaper served as a haunting mirror of the grotesque reality that now held Whitechapel in its deathly grip. The desperate attempts to unveil the phantom murderer only reflected the grim working conditions of the law enforcement, who found themselves chasing shadows in the heart of darkness. Dr. Phillips, despite the haunting scene that awaited him at the labor yard of the Whitechapel Union, provided a sinister description of the murder weapon. A blade that whispered. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Of death in the dark alleyways. The questions that followed painted a macabre picture of the surgical precision that flayed open the abyss on the dark night. His testimony, a descent into the grotesque reality of the mutilation, carried a heavy veil of threat, as he hinted at the grotesque expertise that severed the veil between life and death. The eerie suggestion that the killer was a doctor, a bringer of death, was a scalpel's grace, sent a cold shiver through the heart of those who heard the tale. The grim narrative took a spectral turn, as the idea of the eyes of the deceased harboring the ghostly image of the murderer was introduced, a haunting notion that led the minds of those present into the eerie abyss. As the inquest delved deeper into the shadows, Mrs. Elizabeth Long brought forth a chilling memory of a dark figure, a shabby gentleman whose spectral presence beside Chapman whispered of the deathly dance that awaited in the heart of the midnight hour. His foreign sinister allure and the ominous exchange of words, will you, and yes, resonated through the cold courtroom the eerie echoes of that night weaving through the veil of mystery that shrouded the cold heart white chapel. Hold on to your witch's heads, dear listeners, because my Halloween episode has turned into a monster of its own. I'm hitting the pause button here, but don't worry, the frightful fun will continue next week. In the meantime, here are some quick Halloween-themed activities to keep your spooky spirits up. Indulge in some candy. You know you want to. Check your costume. Make sure you're still terrifying. Have a pumpkin carving contest with friends or family. Gather around for ghost stories by the candlelight. And create a haunting playlist for your post-podcast party. Get ready because I'll be back next week with more creepy tales about Jack the Ripper and its ghoulish delights. Until then, stay eerie. Cheerio! Like petals on roses Let blood drip from me It's gone